This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. We, we began a series Sunday that we're calling What's Next? <clears throat> and we, we're really, we're hit, really hitting on, on, on our vision and our mission. And of course, if you were here Sunday, you know we, we talked about knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and, and then ultimately making a difference with our life. How many of you know that's the, that's, the, that's the end goal, that we make a difference, but in that, it's to glorify God, right? It's to glorify God. And so, uh, but I, I want to talk about knowing God, but I want to talk about it from a little bit different angle tonight, and, and something that the Lord's just really been stirring my heart up about. And so, if you're going to put a title, write down a title on your notes, if you're taking notes, you can just write down the title, Cultivating Consciousness. Everybody say cultivating, cultivating consciousness. And what I mean by that, you know, uh, I, I mean consciousness of God. Being conscious of God. A.W. Tozer, he, I, I read this statement many years ago, and man, it, and it just, it was just, it went on the inside of me and it just stuck on the inside of me. And he said this, what, what comes into a person's mind when they think about God is the most important thing about that person. What comes into a person's mind when they think about God is the most important thing about that person. Well, here's the sad thing. There are many people, there's many Christians that they're only, they, don't, they don't think about God at all. And if you're, if you're not thinking about God, that means that you have no consciousness of God. And if you don't have a consciousness of God, how do you know when he's leading you? How do you know when he is warning you? How do you know if whatever's going on in your life, he is dealing with you about something if you're not conscious of him? Now, when I'm talking about a consciousness of God, I'm not talking about a feeling. Now, I know, I don't know about you, I like it when I, when I can feel the presence of God, when I, when I can experience the anointing and the anointing comes upon me and, and I can feel the anointing and I can experience the anointing, but there's something greater than feeling the anointing. And that's something greater is being conscious of God. Being conscious of him. And so I want to talk to you about cultivating consciousness. Cultivating a consciousness of God. And I I read a book many years ago. It was called uh, uh, The Practice of the Presence of God. And this book was by, uh, I forget the guy's name, He he was a monk. Brother Lawrence, thank you. And, and, and he, you know, he, he went from just not being aware of God at all to after many years of what he called practicing the presence of God. And actually, he was just practicing being conscious of God. After many years of practicing the presence of God, he was aware of God. He was conscious of God every waking moment. Now, let me ask you something. Would that make a difference in your life? 
Would that make a difference in our life if we were, if we were, you know, every waking moment we were aware or conscious or awake to God? It would make a tremendous difference in our life. If you were conscious of him, I mean, just as, just as conscious, just as aware of him as anyone else who may be in your presence. And I mean, you could, you could read their body language. And without saying a word, I mean, you would pick up on whether they were, uh, they were pleased or they were angry or they were bothered, wouldn't you? And they wouldn't have to say a word, but because you're conscious of them and because you're aware of them, because they're in your presence, well, then you could tell a lot of things about that person and what's going on in them. Why? Because you're conscious. And we can be like that with God. You say, well, God's never, I mean, he's just one way. No, God, the, the Spirit of God can be grieved. The Spirit of God can be pleased. The Spirit of God can be angry. Now, we don't like that side, but he can be that. Amen. And, but his, his anger and his displeasure is never to condemn us, only to help us. His correction and his discipline is never to hurt us or condemn us. It's always to help us. But if we're not conscious of him, if we're not aware of him, I mean, we could, he could be trying to get through to us and we could be going down the wrong road, down the wrong path, doing the wrong thing, and just happy-go-lucky, and we're headed for destruction. And the only reason why is because we're not conscious of him. And, and I've, I've observed this, and it's been like it's probably been like this in my life. I know it's been like this in all of our lives that, you know, there's times that we're more conscious of him than at other times. We're more aware of him. We're more awake to him. And the reason why is because we've thought about him. The reason why there's so little consciousness of God is so, because there's been so little thought about God. You know, there's actual Christians, I know there's nobody in here like this, that go days and, and sometimes, you know, and a, a whole week, and they don't think about God after they leave church on Sunday. They don't think about him again until Sunday rolls around. Well, you can't have success in life like that. You can't fulfill God's plan for your life like that. If you're going to fulfill God's plan for your life, if I'm going to fulfill God's plan for my life, I've got to work with God. I've got to partner with God. I've got to cooperate with God. But if I'm not conscious of God, how will I cooperate with God? So in order to be conscious of God, in order to cultivate a consciousness of God, it's going to require your mind. Well, let's don't talk about the mind. Let's talk about, no, if you're going to be conscious of God, it will require your mind. Y'all excited yet? If we put this into practice, we'll, we'll be very excited about it. And so it's going to require your mind. It's going to require the right use of your mind. 
Everybody say this. Say, I am in control of my mind. It's my mind. I'm in control of it. Now, some people say, well, I can't help thinking like that. I just think on this, this negativity all day long. I just can't help it. Well, yeah, you can. You can put a stop to it. No, I can't. I've, I, I can't. I just, I just think about this. You know, this, this one person just gets on my nerves, and I just think about it all day long, and I just can't do anything about it. Oh, you know, yeah, you can. The fact is, you don't want to do anything about it. You want to sit there and dwell on it and get all worked up about it. Run the movie through your mind how you want to tell them off. And <clears throat> I mean, ask me how I know. <clears throat> I've done that too. Just imagining. <clears throat> but you know, you can use your imagination for godly things or you can use your imagination for ungodly things. It's your imagination. And if you can use your imagination to imagine what it would be like for the Word of God in its totality to come to pass in your life, and you can use your imagination like that, eventually you're going to begin to experience what the Word says about you. But it's your mind. And in cultivating a consciousness of God, and what I mean by that, let me say it again, it's an awareness of God, not a feeling an awareness. Feelings are way overrated. And again, I like it when I feel God's presence, but feelings are way overrated. Because how many of you know sometimes you don't feel? And people are so moved and controlled and manipulated by their feelings if they don't feel anything, well, something must be wrong with me or something must be wrong with them. <laughs> are you listening? Either something wrong with me or something wrong with that preacher or something wrong with that worship team or something wrong with somebody else. Why? Because we're motivated by feeling. And we're governed by feeling. Feelings can be way overrated, but I tell you what, something that's greater than feeling is being conscious of God. And you can be conscious of God even in the darkest hour of your life, you can be aware of him. David said, where can I go from your spirit? If I go to hell, you're right there with me. Well, how do you know he's right there with him? He must have been conscious. So let's talk about the mind for just a minute. In Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3 and uh, verse one. Colossians chapter 3, verse, not 1, yeah, no, yeah, Colossians chapter 3, I'm in chapter 1, that's why it wasn't working for me, all right. <clears throat> he said in verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ, anybody here ever been raised with Christ, I mean, you're, you're saved, Paul, he's talking to the church of Colossae. I mean, these are born-again, spirit-filled believers. I mean, they're, they're, they're Christians. They're believers. They've been washed in the blood of Jesus. They, their name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're saved. And so Paul's writing to these saved people. He said, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things 
which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So he's telling you exactly what you ought to be seeking in your life. Now notice what he says in verse 2. Set your mind. Everybody say that when you say set your mind. Set your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind. So there's a, you know, there's a lot going on right now, and you don't have to look hard, but you know, this Eastern religion and Eastern meditation and you know, uh, <clears throat> just Buddha stuff. And, and, what, and what they teach you is that you are to get quiet and empty your mind. Empty your mind of all thought. One problem is the Word of God never tells us to empty our mind. The Word of God tells us to set our mind and to think on certain things. You see, if you empty any part of you, it's like a vacuum. It's like a vacuum. If you empty your mind, you empty your heart, it's like a vacuum, and it's going to pull something in. That's why Jesus said, you know, that man was delivered from those demons. He said, you know, when the evil spirit goes out of man, he, <clears throat> he, uh, he goes out into dry places, he seeks rest, he finds none, and then he comes back to the house where he left, and he founds it swept and empty. You don't need an empty house. You don't need an empty head. You don't need an empty heart. God never tells you to empty yourself. He tells you to fill yourself. Be filled with the Spirit, right? Be being filled with the Spirit. Don't empty yourself. Fill yourself. And set your mind. This, the understood subject here, I mean, I wasn't an expert in English, sophomore English, best three years of my life, but I mean, I, the understood subject right here is set, you set your mind. You do something. You set your mind. God's not going to set your mind for you. You've got to set your mind on things above. Set your mind and then we know this, it was where the Philippians, he says, whatever things are lovely and true and, is that in Philippians? Good report, praiseworthy. What did he say about those things? Think. Think on these things. You see, your mind is important. And it's through you and I, using our mind correctly, that we cultivate a consciousness of God. That we cultivate a consciousness of God. So we're not to empty our mind. We are to set our mind. I'll, or you can say it like this. We are to meditate, but we're not to meditate like people over in Eastern religions where, you know, they, they're sitting and they, they're humming and you know, do, doing what they do and chanting and whatever it is. No, we are to set our mind. 
And we are to meditate. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart uh, from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate. 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 That's not, meditation is not emptying yourself. Meditation is you, the word meditate means to mutter. Mutter to yourself. Speak to yourself. Say something. Say something. And you say something and you repeat something over and over. I mean, and you don't want to do this out in public. People think that you're a little loony if you do this. But when you're by yourself, you just repeat things to yourself. What things? Well, things that are above. Godly things. The right things. What God says about you. Who God has declared you to be. That's what you ought to be. I mean, you ought to walk around saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You ought to walk around and just meditate on the fact that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. Blessed going in, blessed going out. In the country and in the city, I'm blessed. I mean, we ought to, you, that, that's what you ought to be saying. Not I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. And you know, it's, you know. I'm so broke I can't pay attention. Now you shouldn't be saying that. Are you listening? Everybody say, set my mind. Set my mind. So I, I want to just talk to you about some things that the Lord's been dealing with me about and some verses in particular that's helping me in this area of cultivating a consciousness of God. Cultivating a consciousness of God. Of God. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, I know you've read these verses before, but uh, I'm believing the Lord's going to allow you to see something in a greater light. I, I mean, it's not just what you've read, it's not just what you've seen with your physical eyes, it's not just what you've heard with your physical ears, it's what gets in you. It's the, it's the revelation of the Word of God. It is the, I mean, it is spiritual insight into the Word of God that will cause something to transpire down on the inside of you and it will strengthen you and produce faith in you and produce confidence in you and a boldness in you. Amen. So he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, verse 16, he says, Do you not no. And here's sad that a lot of people don't know what he's about to say. I mean, they, 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 they know it. They would agree with it, but they don't know it. And the reason that I know they don't know it is because they don't act like this has happened in their life. They can quote it, they don't know it. How many of you know there's a difference? There's a difference. So notice what he says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? Hey, let me tell you something. For every single person who's been born again, every single person who's been born of the Spirit, every single person who's been filled with the Spirit, God took up residence on the inside of you. 
God took up residence on the inside of you. Let me say it like this. God moved in. God moved in. Now, when we're talking about the Spirit of God, we're not talking about breath. We're not talking about this impersonal force. We're not not talking about the effects of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person in the Godhead. He is God. He is a he. He is a person. Not a human, but a person. He's got personality. He's got will. He's got a mind. He's got emotions. And when you got born again, born of the Spirit, guess what? He, the Holy Spirit, took up residence in you. And so he says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells, lives, abides in you? Now, what would happen if you just thought on that for a while? What would happen if you just meditate on that for a while? That the Spirit of God lives in me? That God himself, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in me. That's my favorite verse, Romans 8, 11. That same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead live in you. What's going to happen if he does, and you know it? That same spirit will quicken. He'll bring a quickening in life to you. Now, you get quickened by God, there's no way you can't be conscious of him. When he quickens you, there's no way that you go, God, I don't don't know. I don't even know if God's real or not. If you don't know God's real, it's because you're not conscious of him. All right, so in the, uh, the Amplified, in this same verse, he says that the Holy Spirit came to make his permanent dwelling in you. You know, this... Some folks, they get saved. And look, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. To make his permanent dwelling in you. He's not moving in and out just when you mess up. When you mess up and sin and, or you do something wrong, he's not saying, you know what, I can't stay here. I'm going going to have to leave for a while until they get their act together. No, he doesn't do that. He takes his permanent dwelling on the inside of you. And he's in you to help you not screw up again. He's in you to help you overcome. He's in you to help you get victory in your life. He's in you to lead you, guide you, strengthen you, pray for you, help you in prayer. He's in you permanently. So you can backslide and he's still in you. No, you said, oh yeah, but Pastor Chuck, what about that unpardonable sin? Well, if you're worried about it, you had not committed it. I've had people say, Pastor Chuck, I think I've, I've committed the unpardonable sin. They're, they're just crying. I said, no, you hadn't. Because if you had, you wouldn't be bawling about it. You wouldn't be sitting here talking to me about it. You wouldn't be concerned with it. You'd just be full of the devil. 
wouldn't be one ounce of concern. When you got saved, somebody needs to hear this tonight. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit, God, came and he, he, he moved in forever. Forever. He moved in forever. Jesus refers to him as a paraclete, not a parakeet, paraclete. <laughs> I know some people think he's a bird, but the Holy Spirit's not a bird. He's not a dove, and he's not a parakeet. He's a paraclete, means one called alongside to help. That's what the Greek is. He's called alongside to help us. And, you know, for many believers, they never look to him. They never look to him for help. They're just going to live their life, and they're going to try to figure it out on their own and try to overcome on their own and, and try to make this decision on their own all the time. You've got God, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, living on the inside of you, standing by, just waiting on you to acknowledge him and ask him for help. So why don't he just help me? Because you don't ask, and he's a gentleman. Let me say that again. Because you won't ask, and he's a gentleman. He's just not going to bust in and take over. Ever. Are you listening? So everybody say he's moved in. He's moved in. All right, so if, if we would meditate on that, and what I mean by we just walk around and say it, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in me. He lives in me. I mean, God, the Holy Spirit lives in me. He is in me. And you say, what good would that do? I mean, you think about this. If you were aware of that, if you were aware of that fact, if you were conscious of that fact, and you lived in conscious of the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, is living in you, do you think that, I mean, you would ever, any challenge would come up and you would cower down from it? Would you ever face something with just this, this paralyzing fear of not knowing what to do when you're conscious of the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, the creator, the one that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of me right now. The one that hovered over the face of the deep and when the word of God spoke and he went into creative mode and, and made it all and that same Holy Spirit lives in me. And if he's for me, who can be against me? It, it, would, it, would, it would do it would do wonders for our confidence. It would, it, would, it would take our boldness to another level. It would take our faith to another level when you know that he is in you. And he's not just in you. It's not just theory. It's not just something that's on paper as a statement of faith. It is real life fact that he lives in us, and the reason that it doesn't seem like it sometimes is because we simply don't acknowledge that and we don't walk in the consciousness of that. But if we're not living with a consciousness of God, how do we know, 
How do we know when he is doing something in our life? Two verses of scripture that I've been meditating on, and, and, and this is going to help us. In Philippians, the first chapter. Philippians, the first chapter. Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Notice what he says. Paul said, man, I love that this. I'm on fire with this scripture right here. Man, this is so good. Paul said, being confident. Everybody say confident. confident. Not wondering. Not hoping. Being confident of this very thing. What thing? What's Paul so confident about that you and I can also be so confident about? Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, where? Where? In you. Where is God? <clears throat> well, I mean, we know God the Father. He's on the throne. We know Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's two persons in the Godhead. Where's the third? Huh? Where is he? He is in us. Being confident of this very thing that he that has begun a good Work in you. A good work in you. You see, it, it's important that you are conscious of him because he began something in you, and the only way that he began something in you is because he is in you. And that's where he works. He works on the inside, not on the outside. You see, a lot of people, even when it comes to being led by the Holy Spirit, people are trying to be led out here. They try, they're be, be, trying to be led by their emotions. They're trying to be led by circumstances. Lord, I just pray that if it's your will that you'll cause five red cars to pass by my house right now, I'm going to go look out the window. And you go look out the window, and there you are, one, two, three, four, five, five cars right in the road, red cars. Oh, it must be God. And then it doesn't turn out because the devil can send five red cars past your house. Or it could just be circumstance or it could just be coincidence. But when God's working in you, you see, God always leads from the inside. He leads from the inside. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. I mean, God works on the inside. He leads you from the inside. He doesn't lead you from the outside. He doesn't lead you by circumstances. He doesn't lead by opportunity. Now, if you've got an opportunity, look at it. Pray about it, but check on the inside. That's how he leads. So notice, what, notice this. Notice this. This is why we've got to be conscious of it. This is why you need to walk around and say the Holy Spirit lives in me because he's begun a good work in you, and you can be confident. I bet, I, I bet I've, been, I've been saying this, quoting this scripture a hundred times a day. I'm confident that he that has begun a good work in me, I'll speak it over Tammy, I'll speak it over my children, I'll speak it over this church, I'll speak it over myself, that he that has begun a good work, work 
in me. He ain't done. He's going to complete it. He is going to perfect it. He's going to mature it. And where is he going to do that? In me. Notice this in Philippians, the second chapter. He says, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm going, I don't think they're going to put 12 up there, but I'm going to read 12. He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not, not as in my absence, but also uh, only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What did he say? You need to work something out. And the reason that you need to work it out is because it's in. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now notice this. For it is God. For it is God who works where? In you. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God's working in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure, and while he's working in you, you've got to work out of you what God's working in you. Does that make sense? You've got to work out of you what God is working in you. You see, you've got to partner with him, you've got to cooperate with him, but if, you don't, if you're not aware, if you're not aware of God, if you're not conscious of God, if you can't, if, if something's going on on the inside of you and you're seeing things happening and, and you can't put your finger on it, say, oh, that's God. God's doing that. God's working. God's working. God's doing something. I mean, you could, you, I mean, you could just go along and just be oblivious and be, just keep going and not pay attention. And if you don't pay attention, you're not going to cooperate. Everybody say cultivate consciousness. <clears throat> so one way that we cultivate a consciousness of God is we just say, just meditate on scriptures about God being in you. You see, you want to be conscious on the inside. You just, it's not, a, oh boy, I just hope we come in and we feel the presence of God. Well, I hope we do too, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is wherever you are, you're aware. Wherever you are, you're conscious. And the only way that you can be conscious is that you've got to be mindful. You've got to think. You've got to use your mind. And you've got to think about God every once in a while. And when you're thinking about God, think about God like where he is. And where is he? Y'all help me. Where is he? He's in us. He's in us. God is in us. So he's at work in us. He began a good work in us. And he continues to work in us, both to will and to do of, your good of his good pleasure. So, I mean, you, you, I mean, think about this. If you just take this stance that, hey, God's at work in me, you'll, begin to be, you'll be more and more aware of how he's working in you. You become more and more aware of his will because he said he's working in you both to will. So things will come up and you, oh, this is the will of God. 
And then you submit your will to his will. And if you submit your will to his will, then guess what? I mean, you're going to be on the same page with God. You're going to be in cooperation with God. You're going to be in step with God. You're going to begin to allow him to order your steps and direct your path. And guess what? You're going to be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And the right stuff coming into your life. But if you're going to just live oblivious to God and ignore God and not pay attention to God and, and not be aware of God and not be conscious of God, you're going to be at the wrong place at the right time and getting the wrong thing. Amen. He's working in us. So one way, one way that we cultivate this conscience is just by meditating on the Word of God. Another way to do it is spend time Spend time praising God. And, and when, when I mean praising God, I'm not just talking, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. I mean, but you see, because your heart's not in what your mind's not on. <laughs> Y'all know, have you ever experienced that? You could be doing the words, but your mind's on the roast. Your mind's on the chili dog. What are we going to eat? What? What are we going to, what's the little something extra? You know, your, your mind can, and so you can, be, you can be going through the motions and saying the word, but your, your mind is somewhere else. And if your mind's not on it, your heart's not in it. If your heart's not in it, it's not going to do you any good. And so spend time praising God. And worshiping him with your mind on him. And if, if, if we'll do that, you'll, you'll begin to... And this is, what, this is what I found out in my own personal life. You, if you can eliminate some distractions. Now, there's, there's, there's times to, to shout. And there's times to praise God loudly. But there's also times to be still. Be still in what? Be still in what? What does the scripture say? And know. What does that mean? Be still. And if you, if you can be still, and I'm not just talking about you sit and you don't move, but you get, you get still on the inside. You get still in your emotions. And the only way you can do that is put your mind in the right place. And the only way you can put your mind in the right place is put your words in the right place. And you get still in your emotions, and what? Know. Know what? That he's God. What's that mean? I mean, just you become conscious of him. You become conscious of him. Oh, I, I, wished, I, could, I wished I could just open you up and put this on the inside of you. When the more conscious of God you are, the bolder you are. The more conscious of God you are, the more confident you are. The more conscious of God you are, I mean, I mean your, your faith is just... Because faith is not just principles. Faith is born out of a relationship. Paul said, I, I know in whom I believed, not just what I believed. Faith is born out of a relationship, and when you're just conscious of God, and you know that he's, he's, he, he's with you, and you know that he's for you, and you know that he's in you, and you're conscious of him, I mean, you can, you, you're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I mean, you're ready to go after it, Right? 
because you're conscious of him. You're conscious. So praising God, worshiping God. And so I, let me just tell you how, I mean, you might do it totally different. Everybody, you've got to find your rhythm. You've got to find your vein. You've got to fi find how it works for you. But for me, but for me, I mean, I, I don't try to get loud. Sometimes I'll get loud. Rarely do I get loud with God. He's not hard of hearing. Sometimes the devil's hard of hearing. And, you, and you, when you realize this, that, that God is a, is a person that you're actually conversing with, you'll converse with him like you would converse with everybody else. Stand up, John. Well, John, stand up, Alicia. I mean, I mean I'm having a conversation with Alicia. Oh, Alicia! <laughs> Woo! Alicia! <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to... Okay, you see. I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm not going to do that with Alicia. <clears throat> and man, sometimes we're talking with God and praising God. I mean, we're just, man, it is, I'm sure God, he's, he's loving it that we're making an effort, but he's going, wow. They're just, <laughs> they're a little over the top there, you know. I'm right. And I'm not saying there's never a time to do that and shout to God and everything, but I'm talking about everyday life when you're worshiping God and you're getting your mind on him. You see, because you can, you can get loud with your flesh. You can get really loud with your flesh. You get really loud. I mean, you, you, you get really loud and really, I mean, animated with your flesh, and you get animated with your flesh, I mean, and then it, it clouds your mind. But, I mean, if you could just get still... And get your mind on him and say, Lord, I worship you. You are my God. You are my God. And, and, and you can do that, and, and man, all of a sudden, you just, you're just, man, you don't, hey, I'm here, and he's here. He's right here. And not here, he's in me. He's in me, but I'm aware. And such confidence comes up. Amen? Amen. So, what do, what do we do? Well, we need to be a doer. And you see, these, back when I first got saved and uh, started catching on to Word of Faith and Ian's dad and, and Brother Tim O'Leary and, man, going to and just faith. And, and back then it was, Faith and, I mean, your confession. Not confessing sins, but just confessing the Word of God. I saw something, I hadn't seen this in years. But Tammy had a, she had, she has a scripture taped to her mirror in her bathroom. Back when I was growing up, my mom had scriptures, I mean, she used them for wallpaper. It was all over, I mean, it's just, it's all over. We had scriptures everywhere. Just, it, that's the way we used to do it, though. And I really think we were stronger. I think we were stronger back then. And so maybe, I mean, y'all seen that, that the movie War Room. I mean, where, where'd she get that from? That's back, back early 80s stuff. 
Of course, her dad was around early 82. That's where she got. But anyway, you know, you just, I mean, we're and, and just confessing the word of God, saying the word of God, saying about yourself what God says. No matter what everybody else says, you say about you what God says. You say about you what God says you have, what you can do, who you are. Just say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. And you begin to build a consciousness of God on the inside of you where you're aware of Him. You're aware of Him. Amen. Now, wouldn't you rather live like that? Now, I understand you got, you're going to have to you're going to have to go against the grain a little bit, and you're going to have to go against your flesh a lot a bit. I mean, because your flesh wants to sit on the couch and eat potato chips and, you know, watch TV, and n- nothing wrong with eating potato chips <laughs> watch TV. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But you understand what I'm saying? There, at some point, you've got to dig in. You've got to dig in. Amen. So let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Number one, meditate on the Word of God. How do I meditate on the Word? Just begin to confess the Word over yourself. Especially the Scriptures about God being in you. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I mean, Paul, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Again, 1 Corinthians 6. Again, in 2 Corinthians 3, he says the same thing. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Begin to talk about in him we live and move and have our being. Just begin, just, and, and scripture like this, just call to, the Lord, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. You see, scriptures like this just build a consciousness of God in you. And if you're conscious of it, it's going to make a big difference in your life. So do that, and I mean, just, just get still and, and just go right to the throne of grace and worship him. Worship him. Praise him. Give him thanks. You say, for how long? I mean, as long as you can stand it. I, I mean, just, just do it. And you'll, you'll grow in it. You'll grow in it. And there, there'll be times you say, I, I don't think I want to leave. I, I don't think I want to leave. But you got to leave because you got to go to a job. And then you'll find out, hey, you know what? He, he could be right there in the car with me too. He could be with me on my way to work. And he can, he can be with me if I'm sitting at the cubicle or, or working on that car or or. I can be aware of him. Amen? So we're going to do it? All right, let's, let's do it. Let's, and, and I tell you, you'll be stronger. Your heart will be stronger. You'll be stronger. Now, when we were, when we were worshiping God at the beginning, I, I, just, I just checked my heart and just listened, and it, and it seemed like there was somebody here that you had a pain going down your right side. Anybody here you had a pain going down your right side, you're going to have to lift your hands and wave at me because I can't see. Or you're going to have to make a noise because I can't see. Anybody, you got a pain in your right side, the Lord wants to, to heal you tonight. Anybody? Okay. Hey, don't be like so many you come up after, oh, Pastor Chuck, you know that was, oh, you? Okay. <laughs> right there in my own house. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so people, Pastor Chuck, I, it was me, but I was just, I was too embarrassed to come up and say anything. Well, there's nothing to be embarrassed about when the Lord wants to heal you. Amen. Y'all stretch your hands out to Pastor Tammy. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your healing power right now. 
going into Tammy's body, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who quickens her right now in her flesh. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for your mighty power. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, anybody else in here, you're, you're uh, not feeling well tonight and uh, you need healing in your body? If, you, if that's you, just stand up. Just right where you are, just stand up. Don't, don't be scared. Just stand up. All right. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak your healing word over these right now. Father, I thank you for that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I thank you that that same spirit quickens their bodies right now in Jesus' name. I command every pain to leave. I command, command every infirmity to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I, I pray for those who, who is just emotional pain. Lord, I thank you for the Spirit of God ministering to them right now, ministering to their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. I thank you that you're at work in them. You're at work in them, bringing healing to their bodies, bringing healing to their emotions and their mind and their heart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 